Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey there, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator Darla Powell. I almost forgot my name. And today's show, we are joined by Tanya Thomas of Team Delegate, and we're going to be discussing all things organization, systems and processes, management tools, virtual assistants. Are you going to be spending two hours a day opening your emails after this show? I certainly hope not. But before we get into my conversation, let me tell you a little bit about Tanya. Tanya Thomas is the founder of Team Delegate, a provider of elite virtual executive assistant support to seasoned executives turned small business owners. Tanya is a speaker, 20 plus year business owner and host of the Unbottleneck Your Business podcast. She excels in helping CEOs grow their teams from one employee to 50, lead multi-million dollar revenue growth and frees up their time to oversee major expansion projects. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Tanya Thomas to the show. Hey there, Tanya Thomas of Team Delegate. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I'm delighted to have you on. This is like our third try. <laughs> mm-hmm. Third time's a charm. <laughs> so let's just start from a very basic question. I'm, I mean, it seems kind of basic, but what are examples of systems and why are they even important for, for a business? Can't we just go out there and wing it? Oh, yes. Systems are super important for businesses because it creates consistency. So, and a lot of times we have systems and and don't realize it. Um, So, for example, if you have somebody who maybe does uh, your calendaring, there's a system for how that goes about. The system could be that you're using Google Calendar or that you're using Outlook. Then the other system would be maybe you say, my assistant's copied on this email, she'll get you on my calendar. So that's your mini system there for that. Another example could be your onboarding. So if you have a a particular way, certain documents that you send to your new clients, uh, the way that maybe you use DocuSign or something like that to send it to them. You know, so the system can consist of the tools that you're using and how you go about using those tools, that's your system. And so that's the reason that they're important to, because if you don't have any type of a system, then obviously, you know, there's no organization there. Uh, and so we definitely want to be able to create those systems to help. So we, we, there might be some people listening to this and are like, oh, my gosh, I have to get systems in order. But after hearing that explanation, they actually have a few. <laughs> They're just maybe not organized. So let's talk about the organization side of that. So uh, SOPs, right? Uh, operational procedures. What does the S stand for? I forget. Standard. <laughs> Thank you. I was a cop. You, bl- you know what? I blocked it out. I was a cop for 18 years and it's probably PTSD. Um, okay. So how important are SOPs, um, standard operating procedures and documenting those systems and procedures before we get into some uh, project management tool recs and all that? Super important because one of the ways that for the main reason is, of course, it creates, like I mentioned earlier, organization. But then the other thing is it's there in case you have turnover. Then that way, you know, you're not utilizing your time to get somebody up to speed and trained again. 
a well-created standard operating procedure is something that you could use to help get people onboarded onto your team and then help them get to up, up to speed with what they're doing. And you also you know, want to make sure that it's both written and visual because everybody learns differently. So for those people that are, you know, written instructions may be helpful for some, but for other people, they may be a bit more visual and they need something tangible. So having maybe a little video added in for that as well. But then the other good thing about having the standard operating procedure is if there's something not quite right, uh, as you're working through it and you, you're having issues in your company, maybe it's some sort of customer service issue. If you've got a standard operating procedure for how customer service issues are handled, then you can go back to that SOP and find that particular area and say, mm, you know, this, this little piece here is not working. What can mm -hmm. we do to tweak it? And so consistency, onboarding, and then, you know, helping to make sure that things run smoothly are, are the reasons to have them. So really your standard operating procedures can be a living document and they can um, evolve as your business evolves. That's what we do here at Wingnut Social. We have um, SOPs written and we have, I know Emily does a lot of video for training for new employees and I'll, I'll do one, I'll do them sporadically, which you just reminded me, the ones that I have done for the podcast need to be added to the podcast SOP. So thank you for that. So I, I love that. And just to be clear, we're, we're writing, we're talking like a manual, like a, a book or something. And you could even uh, relay those if it even is just I use Gmail and I this is the account I use and this is how often I email clients and you're that that is the beginning basics of your systems and processes start it because when you hire somebody you can just add to it just keep adding to it as your business builds I love that so what are um, speaking of organization and project management tools what are some that you've had success with for you and your clients and what do you recommend um, keeping in mind that as interior designers and architects we're service based business right so there's a lot of moving parts. Sure. Um, one that we have success with that I've used personally is teamwork projects. Okay. But I know of clients that use Asana and Monday.com, um, but I can particularly speak about teamwork projects. And so they're very helpful. And I always tell people, you know, even if it's just you and one other person, having a project management system is fantastic to have because it, it organizes the work. Um, you're able to assign tasks to someone to make sure that everything is clear. You can also, you know, if there's um, notes or anything like that, they can be added to notebooks so that it, there's specific place where somebody can go back and look that up. But it just creates that sense of organization because when you're working together, and especially if it's remote, yeah. Uh, having that <laughs> that project management platform like that is definitely helpful in order to create that consistency and cohesion as you're working together virtually. Yeah, absolutely. Here at Wingnut, we use Asana a lot. And Emily Lisi is crazy about it. Um, and we use when I was doing interior design, we used MyDoma, MyDoma Studio as for project management software. And uh, we, we couldn't live we couldn't live without it, that organization. So what do you what do you feel? I know you use Teams. We use G Suite, the Google Suite, Google Workplace. I think it's what it's called now. Um, what's your opinion on that versus Microsoft Teams? Do you have can you contrast and compare but just for personal selfish reasons? <laughs> and you mean like the Google Suite? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and we um, 
I would say the difference is in terms of the project management platform and Google Suite. I think of Google Suites more to be able to collaborate real time in terms of obviously you can share Google Sheets, which are similar to uh, Excel like spreadsheets, and then the Word document in there, which is similar to Word. So the difference there is being able to collaborate real time with them, but you don't have the other functionalities of like time tracking or um, keeping up with milestones and things of that nature. I might have to check out Teams. Would Teams replace Asana or would you use that in conjunction with Teams? No, it's teamwork projects because there's a okay. difference. There's Microsoft okay. Teams and then I'm talking about teamwork projects. Oh, okay. Okay. That shows you that shows you how little I know about it. Okay. Thank you for your input on that. So um, as a as a principal interior designer or chief architect, chief that's a, that's a software, a head architect or a CEO of your business, how involved do we as the um, you know the founders and owners, CEOs need to be involved in all these asanas and Teams and Googles and you name it? And I'll give you a, a spoiler alert: I don't use Asana myself at all. <laughs> it's it's above me. It's above my pay grade. So yeah, I think the. Using it is at the user's discretion because you could have it to where, for example, like with us, if you had an executive virtual assistant, that person can man it. They can create their own task. You know, if you give them an assignment, maybe you email them what you want them to do or you tell them verbally. They can create their own task. Um, and so they can also go in there and, you know, do any messaging or notebooks or anything like that on their own. And then maybe you as the owner of the business, you have access to it to be able to view it. Um, but that person can most certainly be the basically project manager of the uh, software. So, you know, again, that's just that you're I would say your own discretion as to how involved you actually want to be and and taking the time to learn something else because exactly. you already have a lot on your plate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's my take on that piece there. Well, my um, my head creative wingnut, Emily Lisi, she swears by Asana and she uses it. And I am really just like the weird, creepy uncle. I just go in there and just look and see what everybody <laughs> and making sure everything is on top of things. OK, so what? um some advice. What if you, because as we as creatives, right, we're really good at being visionaries and big picture people and we're and doing design. We're making rooms pretty and stuff. What are some, this might be overwhelming to interior designers who've started their own business. Like, oh, I just want to make things pretty. What are some solutions if we're just really terrible at admin and we don't have that left brain <laughs> firing up? Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of entrepreneurs are that way. Yeah. Um, for them, it's like, you know, spitting out the ideas. And so that's where somebody like an assistant, because they're usually the opposite They in that area where they're the more they're the um, organ organizer. So mm -hmm. they can take your thoughts and, and organize and implement them. So that's why it's important to find someone that can be able to do that. So that's where that work style needs to be different, um, because if you were both the same in terms of being the visionary person, then I don't know if that would be able to be accomplished. <laughs> so, yeah, having that person who can, again, take what you 
put out there and say, okay, yeah, this is how, this is what you want to do. And then they're able to organize it and then create the system and structure for how it's going to be done. Yeah, I, I, I do love that. And that's what I, that was my solution, right? When I was doing full-time design and even now I, I do delegate that out. And even now I'm the visionary. I do the creative, the podcast and stuff. And it, that works out. And thank God. Because if it was just me, my business would go down in flames. (laughs) Is your interior design firm just so busy that you don't have any time to post on your own social media accounts? Are you at a loss with what to post? Do you have zero strategy? Well, then you need to give us a call. I am so happy with the Wingnut Social. I approached them because I had gotten a content strategy from another PR company and I didn't know what I was doing. And then I approached the Wingnut Social and they prepared a document so carefully with so many details and really just laid out everything for me. They told me how to rename my account, what to put in terms of the bio on Instagram, um, what hashtags to use. They analyzed um, my profile, they analyzed my competitors, and they basically told me what to do to increase my following. And it, it worked, you know, and um, I, I'm very thankful. So thank you, Wingnut Social. Go to wingnutsocial.com and hit that Let's Chat button, and we can take that all off your plate so you can focus on what it is that you do best. And that's not digital marketing or social media, I'm gonna guess, but it's designing for your actual clients. Focus on making that money and let us handle the rest because that's what we do best. Give us a call at 786-206-4331 or wingnutsocial.com. All right, so you did mention, you, you did touch on remote employees, right? And um, your company, Team Delegate, is you specialize in virtual assistants, right? Correct. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the pros, and there might be some cons, right? Um, in full transparency of having a virtual assistant who you're delegating to do all these things versus just having a, a flesh and blood carbon-based life form in your design studio. How, how do we balance that out? Sure. The the difference is in your needs. So if, for example, if you want some, if you need someone, usually what I tell people, if you need someone at your beck and call eight hours a day, five days a week, an employee is going to work for you, not a, not an executive virtual assistant. So if you're someone though, who doesn't need someone full time, um, but more like on a part-time basis and you don't really care and maybe your your business, not all the time does your business have to be remote because we have clients that have, you know, non-virtual companies. But if you need someone not full-time, um, a few hours a month, then an executive virtual assistant would work for you. And so to me, that's the difference in determining the determining factor to decide which would work for you. Okay, so that's excellent advice, Tanya. And I imagine that um, if you have a sauna and you have some of these systems and processes in place, that your virtual assistants can certainly make that process more efficient and, you know, time is money, right? Uh, as far as training them so they can know exactly how you work, how it, what it is that you want to do and, and keep them accountable. Correct. And the other thing to keep in mind is I've had people to say, well, you know, I feel like I got a 
is it something you just touch upon if, if you already have those things in place? But if you don't, then don't let that stop you from getting support by thinking that you have to have those things already in place mm-hmm. because a good assistant will be able to create the systems for you. Like I mentioned oh. earlier, sometimes you already have them. You just don't realize it. So as they're working with you, they'll be able to help draw that out and kind of put and put those systems in in place for you. Um, and then if you don't have a project management platform, then yeah. a good assistant would be able to help research what works best for you and then get it all set up and and get it going. Because it's kind of like people, if you, if you have ever had a housekeeper, you know, sometimes people feel like they have to run around and kind of or get organized before the housekeeper comes. This is the same way with an assistant. There's no need to do that because, of course, that's counterproductive. So, I just heard all of the wingnuts breathe a collective sigh of relief because I know that ain't none of them want to create their own systems and processes. So if you get an assistant good enough or capable enough that can take that off your hands. I mean, I I even have that. And I was just like, ha, oh, that's so nice. So what would you tell that architect or interior designer who's maybe new to the business? And they're like, ah, oh, that sounds delightful. Um, and they're answering all their own emails. They're, they're, they're juggling all this themselves. And they're like, that sounds good. And I could really use that help, but I'm not sure I can afford the expense. I tell people to look at it, obviously, as an investment. If you think of it as an expense, you probably won't move forward. Mm-hmm. But if you keep in mind, what will this do for my company? If I'm able to, I'm spending all this time, even if you won't track it for a week to see how much time and what you're doing. But if you're spending two hours a day trudging through emails, trying to get people to get meetings scheduled and all of that, then just kind of think about what would I do? What would I be able to do if I gave these two hours to somebody else? Um, right. Would that allow me to focus more on meeting with with my clients and then helping to improve that work so that the business can grow because I'm able to focus my time more there? Um, could I take on another client or two? And so then, you know, it, it's definitely the best way to look at it as an investment there because that is the whole key so that you can grow your business. And so you want to look at it in that fashion. That's an excellent point. And interior designers are charging upwards of $100, $200, $300 an hour. And we say the same thing here. Why are you spending three hours a day or 10 hours a week on your social media <laughs> if you're not a right a digital marketer when that you could be getting, you know, designing, going out and rainmaking, getting more clients. It just may, it just makes a lot of sense. And you're right. It is an investment um, because it might take a minute for that to pay off for you. But once you get that snowball going downhill, it's, it's, it really is, it really is no brainer. Tanya, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you on this topic before we get into the fire round? No, I mean, these have been great questions. All right, Tanya Thomas. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the what up wingnut round? Yes. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? There's so many things that I could think of to say, but I hopefully, hopefully it would be um, helpful. Aw, you're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food. What is it? Definitely a cheeseburger. <laughs> My number one pick. You and I are going to be besties. All right. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Sure, Michael Gerber's E-Myth Revisited. 
I read that book a while back early on in my business, but it's definitely, it made an impact and it stayed with me even now about 15 years later. I, that is an excellent book. So we're going to level up our listeners from being technicians to the boss and CEO. <laughs> there's a there's a guy, I can't remember the account number, but he's on TikTok and he, he does, his whole character is boss and CEO, but he's in drag. And I'm obsessed. I love it. I'll see if I can share it in the show notes at wingnetsocial.com. <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you and Team Delegate, and we'll call it a day. Sure. Thank you. Uh, our website is teamdelegate.com. Um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn, Tanya Thomas, or my podcast is Unbottleneck Your Business. Nice. All right. I'm going to go over and listen to your podcast. I'm going to leave you a five-star review. Great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, Tanya reminded me of something that I've kind of lost touch with. And am I the queen of delegation? Yeah, I kind of am. But you know, I'm still checking my own emails a million freaking times a day. I have not delegated that to anybody. And that takes a lot of time. Some of the littler things... Um, I'd like to say I'm the queen of delegation, but maybe I'm not. There might be a little bit of control freak still going on there. So thank you, Tanya, for that reminder, for sure. Um, those are things I could definitely get off my plate. I'm, I might be giving you a call. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay by the phone. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this Wingnut Wednesday's episode. If you like this show, please leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this on. Be sure to tell your friends what the hell, tell your enemies, and like and subscribe on our YouTube channel designed by Wingnut Social so you can see us in all of our glory. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> Remember, until next time, get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Okay, hold on one second. This is an edit because I have to turn off my Roomba. <laughs> Alexa, tell Roomba to pause. I love my Roombas, but um, they're not very convenient when they do this for podcasts. And his name is Suck Ferguson. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the listeners, oh, for another one. <laughs> it's my first week with my new teeth. I love cussing. I love cussing. Good boy, Mango.